Today's not a very popular day, is it? Um, my name's Dave Lodwig. I'm with Conveco Technologies. We are a material handling systems integrator who specializes in, we specialize in um, order fulfillment systems. Um, and one of the new technologies that we've been doing quite a bit of work with are AMRs. With that said, what you're going to see here today in these 10 applications, they're not all order fulfillment applications. First thing, we are not a manufacturer. And this is not a, the reason for this is not me telling you this is not, has nothing to do with an ad. What you're going to see, we're an integrator. We don't make any of these AMRs. Um, we don't have a bias. So we speak pretty independently about what different bots are good for. One thing you are going to find, different bots have different applications. Although there are manufacturers that make many different bots, types of bots, I'm not aware of any one that makes all for most of the applications. So today our, our purpose is to give you kind of the, the, the overview. Uh, think back to our college days. This would be a survey class. Um, and talk about what those specialized vehicles are and what they do. Um, when we get to things like order fulfillment, we're going to learn how coordinating uh, AMRs, multiple robots. Um, as a matter of fact, working with a, um, a specific application I've been doing, AMRs, if it's not too high a throughput, you can think of them as nonlinear conveyor in some instances. Like I just said, the advantage to them is flexibility. They're not linear. There are disadvantages to them. You're going to have a hard time moving 100 pieces a minute with AMRs, and if you can, it gets expensive. So they're generally slow to medium throughput with great flexibility. Um, the purpose for them, the cost justification is incre increasing labor efficiency and reducing labor cost. Um, one of what I feel the greatest benefits of AMR are for growing organizations, operations, with what I'll call fixed automation, things like conveyor systems, storage and retrieval, traditional storage and retrieval um, automation. Regardless of your throughput, you have to buy a certain level of automation that you may not use year one or two. The beauty of AMRs is you wouldn't put one AMR in, but 
in theory, the beauty is year one, especially for fast-growing companies where capital is, you know, one of the realities of being in logistics and supply chain is our customers that are e-commerce and retailers. We're the afterthought. In general, we get the money that's left over after they've spent it on stores and websites and marketing. We're the back end of the business. Capital for us with some customers is hard to come by. We're not the first thought usually. It's usually after they've grown to a certain size and then they realize, you know what? We're not filling these orders fast enough. I'm sure you're aware of that. Um, because we can put the, because we can just put enough automation in for this year's volume, we can have better ROI using MR, AMRs as opposed to a type of fixed automation. Um, proof of concept is something that our company is proposing. The reason is, you walk the floor, there's probably three, four times as many AMR companies here at Modex as there were at uh, Promat a year ago. But when you ask how many installations they are, the technology, everyone loves the technology, looks great. There's a hump to get over for adoption. And I don't believe that we're really quite there, and that depends on company by company. But the larger your company is, I'll bet you the bigger that hump could be. Could be. Could be. So proof of concept is a way for you, the operations people, to try something and prove it to your company, your superiors. Um, also, it's a way to work some bugs out. One of the reasons why there are more manufacturers here than at Promat, as you can see, just uh, 10 years ago, these vehicles, you know, there were a couple of manufacturers, they were just shy of $100,000 a vehicle. We actually work with uh, a company who has, it's a small bot, lightweight and all, could be as little as three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a vehicle. I remember, um, when Kiva first got started, Amazon, what is now Amazon Robotics, I believe that they worked real hard to get their costs down to $10,000 a bot 10 years ago. Um, the reason why there is starting to be adoption, um, at least conceptually, is because these really fit into distribution well. One of the applications or one of the reasons for applying them as opposed to fixed automation, for example, if you go to automated storage and retrieval, traditional storage and retrieval, 
Many times you have to build a new building, add on to your existing building in order to make that work properly. The beauty of AMRs is nine times out of 10, we can put them into an existing operation. What we always try to do is to disrupt your operation as little as possible. Um, what it comes down to is if you have a, a, a conventional storage rack system, if the aisles are wide enough, we would try to work within those for certain applications. An AGV, you may ask yourself, what's the difference between an AGV and an AMR? For the most part, size, um, AGVs are essentially lift trucks with all the creature comforts taken off them, but their guidance systems are different. Uh, AGVs use, there, there's probably four or five different, but they either use something in the floor, either on the floor or laid into the floor, or they use a target-based system. And they are programmed to go to certain locations. You can reprogram them to go from A to B, but when you program it, it has one path to go from A to B. AMRs use something called LIDAR or something called SLAM, which allows them to be more intelligent. They will use a vision system to actually recognize what things in the facility look like so to recognize an aisle as opposed to a bay of rack and to go around it and to find the aisle and to find the most, uh, the most freed up uh, path to the next location. If I go through something too quickly, we're a small group, please stop me and ask a question as we go through. Um, you may not be aware a great application for these are the small, either tilt tray or cross belt topped AMRs. This picture is a parcel sortation system. When you look at the traditional linear sorters, conveyor, tilt trays, cross belts, and the like, Um, your divert points are in a straight line. The best you can do is sort to either side of that straight line. Uh, when they're put on shipping docks, there's actually um, one concept that we have used in order to minimize the cost of that long dock. You'll actually see a finger on the end of the building. We call it a shipping wing. So, you know, it's, it's 20, 40 feet wide by 300 feet long. <laughs> and it's there to house the conveyor. Um, because the bots can go anywhere, you see this, this is roughly about half a football field that we're sorting to. Doesn't have to be square, it could be oblong, it could be in any shape that makes sense. 
Um, the other thing about this is we obviously have, as you're growing, you only need to buy as many bots as you have throughput rate, as opposed to linear sorters, you have to bite off that four, five, ten million dollar bite for tomorrow's throughput today. You don't need to do that with the AMRs. The other thing with, um, with uh, linear sorters, the induction to them, that's the induction to them plus the beginning of the sorter could be half a million dollars. The AMR system, and I'll use this, um, I'll use this application, this photo. This is a parcel sorting application. So somewhere else in this facility, probably not downstairs, but probably somewhere over here, there's a packing area. They're packing these and they're throwing, packing these orders and they're putting them on dumb, simple belt conveyor. And we're doing what we call um, bulk conveying them. Now, this system is doing up to 15,000 an hour, which is about as fast as you're going to do with a single level unit sorter. I know there are some double levels and quad levels, but you're talking about a whole different level of automation. At 15,000 an hour, you're the inbound, the induction to it, is the simplest part of it, as opposed to the most comp complicated part of it. The other beauty of this, the thing that'll take you the longest to implement in this is to, it, you don't have to do this on a mezzanine or a platform. However, because people don't work out here, this is a very light duty platform. The way we would build it is we would build the heavier part for the people. Doesn't mean that you can't go out here. You have to go out there for maintenance issues and whatever. Um, but it doesn't need to be built for 150 pounds a square foot. That'll take you the longest to implement. That'll take longer to implement than to run in the bots. As opposed to ASRS, 10 months at a minimum. Linear sorters, six months at a minimum. One of the reasons is, is we're not using, you know, we're not waiting to make the bots. The bots are pretty standard for different applications. The components are already made. They just need to be assembled. And for the larger manufacturers, they've got a pipeline of them. You can see here the induction stations don't even have conveyor. The other nice part about a shipping for this, if you're in e-commerce or retail, you have a peak season. Um, we can bring in enough bots to handle that on a temporary basis, and you use half of them for the rest of the year for sake of argument. So the cost is also flexible.
uh, a bot like this will handle more products than any kind of tray or conveyor will. You don't have any of the G-forces or the curves of a tilt tray or cross belt. And on conveyor, you, we're not moving it, we're carrying it. In a parcel application, and that, this one is that, uh, this is that platform up above. Each one of those holes is, feeds one of these chutes. If you ship with the postal service or if small parcels, uh, I've had uh, apparel customers, UPS has told them they want everything in these bags. Um, does not have to be these. These could be any type of container. These locations could go to a direct load to a trailer line. Does not matter. The beauty of this is we can convey these out. Does anyone have any questions about these things? I'm, I'm going through quickly. I don't have a lot of time to spend on one area, but uh, please stop me if something is intriguing to you or you have uh, a question. Okay, we're looping, so I'll... And then you can make these even less labor intensive by adding uh, more robotics for picking and placing. This might be the application most people that watch TV or most <laughs> are most um, familiar with uh, because we all see the Amazon videos on the news, seems like every night to me, um, goods to person. Uh, there are more applications for this than I actually originally might have thought. So what the concept is, if, is everyone familiar with the, with the Amazon goods to person? Okay, I, I, then I won't bore you with, with the way that it works. What this gives you is potentially denser storage. Um, it eliminates travel time for the labor. You can get rates easily 300 lines an hour, but it, depending upon what the order profiles look like, you could potentially get 600 lines an hour.
So this video will show you how this is more like um, automated storage and retrieval, only on a lower level, uh, a single level, I should say. But integrated with pick and place robots, These mobile racks work like they're parallel or, or similar to the very tall storage racks that fixed ASRS would use. A little more flexibility. Not quite as efficient on the storage because you can't go tall, but also implementable in an existing building, 30-foot clear building. So pluses and minuses. This is another exciting technology. This is a combination of a shuttle and an AMR. You would not use this in an AMR type application. This uh, a typical AMR type application. This shuttle is designed with, the rack is designed for this shuttle. I'll, I'll play it, but what, what this gives you with, I think of this more like a shuttle than an AMR, with one exception. You do not need any conveyor with this. What's the advantage to that? A, flexibility, B, Many shuttle systems, you'll have as much as a million dollars of conveyor on the front of your shuttle system. This somewhat eliminates that. Certainly not a million dollars of conveyor on the front of that. Um, it also makes sequencing to your pick stations much easier, much less complicated. And this type, of, this type of ASRS does not have to be long and skinny, will fit. It has a height limitation of about 30 feet, will fit in your existing building, and the storage can be somewhat asymmetrical. It can be square, it could be oblong, it can be square in some places and oblong in others. And again, you only need to buy as many bots as you need for throughput. Here's a little different AMR storage and retrieval. This is working with standard rack. So this vehicle can raise up to about 25 feet. It can carry five, six, eight. Um, totes at a time. The advantage to this is you can use, you don't need to build a tall building. You can use your existing rack. You can reduce your rack aisles. And you can eliminate travel. This could be used just for storage. This can be used to replenish your flow rack that you'll manually pick on the other. If you're a very high volume pick operation, traditional pick and pass from flow rack may be a, a better way to handle that volume. 
most of these bots come from Asia. Where automation makes sense in Asia, land is at a premium. So they do retail store, um, retail store replenishment, where I believe the application here is, is in buy online, pick up in store. Um, what I can see happening is, who here is old like me and remembers, uh, I'm from Philadelphia, so we had Basco, we had Best, Service Merchandise, I think, in, Phil in New York, uh, a couple of heads, where all there was was a display case, right? And downstairs, everything was stored. Filled out your little uh, thing, you handed it to the person, and you went, you waited five, ten minutes, and up it came. Guess what Amazon's doing in Manhattan? They got little spaces like that all over the place. I'm from Philadelphia. There's a company called GoPuff. Um, they're in 15, 12, 15 cities. Anything you would buy at a convenience store delivered to you in 30 minutes. And their warehouses, some of them are about as big as this room. Philadelphia, I believe, has four or five of them. They're neighborhood-centric, not city-centric, because they got to be there quick. Um, that's where I see things like this. Whose wife shops for shoes, and you don't want to, uh, forgive me, there's only one woman in here, so I'm going to take advantage of this. Um, I just happened to have gone shoe shopping with my wife this weekend. True story. The carnage. Oh, the carnage. All the things she it had to have been two dozen boxes. This can handle some of that. Imagine this was downstairs and this and the store associate just called for it. This system is actually using vision to recognize the product. Usually QR codes um, to scan for more data, but the, the vision system is recognizing the placement of the shoebox. We talked about specialized robots, uh, AMRs. This is one that has an application, in my opinion, f primarily for split case picking. If you're picking, th these, this video will show picking from shelving or rack. Um, if you're picking to cart five, 10 orders to your cart, your picker starts at the beginning goes through the entire pick path to pick them. They've got unproductive 
uh, travel time at the beginning of the pick path, unpro unproductive travel time at the end of the pick path, but then in between certain picks, if your pick density is low, it probably is when you're picking to cart with multiple orders. There's also uh, inefficient travel time within the pick path, not just start and finish. So I'll just start this. So what this bot does is it brings to a central location in a zone. So your people, rather than traveling the entire pick area, will work in a zone. A zone could be an aisle. It could be a portion of an aisle. It could be three aisles. And what we do is we use the bots like conveyor to bring the orders to them. Now, what this shows is a single drop point in this zone. Um, I Practically, you would want to have at least two, if not five or six. And what this does is not only eliminates the beginning and the end, and this is one thing I want to make you aware of. Um, one, two years ago, some of the AMR companies were showing picking with people just following the AMR. All that automates for you, basically, is from start to first pick and from last pick to, we'll say, pack. That usually is only good for about 10%. Our, um, our analysis and experience is that's rarely enough to cost justify. So you gotta, you've got to eliminate more travel, more labor. The way to do that is to keep your pickers in a smaller area and bring the work to them. Technically, this is somewhat goods to person. Reality, it's a hybrid. This is true goods to person. In this type of environment, I would probably not, they're picking to, split to discrete orders. This kind of ex exhibits what I was discussing, but another way to do this is to batch pick. So you'll get a much higher hit density as you go through the picking area. You may be able to pick for as many as 50 or 100 orders in a batch, and then bring these to a put station where you'll consolidate your orders into discrete orders. Here's a kidding system. So this is that sorting AMR without a mezzanine on a single level. Um, you have the induction station, as you saw before. Um, however, I'll go back real quickly. So what we're doing is we're going to induct here. And then we're going to sort to any one of these Gaylords. Great application here, returns. What this would allow you to do to sort individual skew per Gaylord or uh, to a put-away zone, so multiple skews, but they're going down one aisle for a put-away. Um, just some ideas. 
this essentially is the same tilting bot, only it's got a long gooseneck on it. In this system, what we can do is to make it operatorless other than the induction, is we then use the bigger bot to pick up these Gaylords when they're full and either take them to shipping, take them to put away, wherever the process needs to be. Does not have to be parcels. This is a shipping application. This could be used for any, if you're in apparel, any type of non-fragile units, you can use like a tilt tray sorter or cross belt sorter. So you could sort, you know, pick individual units and use these to sort to order. Then when these orders are completed, bot picks it up and takes it to a pack station. Here's a kitting application for picking up a cart. Anybody here in manufacturing or assembly? One of the number one applications we see today is to bring parts to an assembly cell or line or something. Uh, generally, that needs to be a cart, and it, eliminate, it, it can A, eliminate the long-distance travel from receiving or picking to those lines, um, and you can get very creative as to what you do with them. This is a very elaborate cart. I'm going to move on because I'm T minus 10 minutes and we cannot go over. Uh, this is just picking up and delivering from production lines. But especially in production where conveyor lines cut off access and are a bigger problem a lot of times, um, these are great applications for AMRs. You wouldn't handle totes with an AGV. You would handle totes with an AMR. I'll move on. So here's another way to work with them. Um, these machines here are mini ASRS. What they're being used for is sequencing of product, buffering and sequencing it, of product. Um, I'll just, we'll get started and you can see. But the AMRs are being used to feed the feed and discharge the sequence buffer. So product will go in one or two totes or cartons at a time, but they'll come out in a batch. If you're in route delivery, 
what this would allow you to do, you need millions of dollars a conveyor to get product picked and sequenced to go into the truck and reverse stop sequence. So your, your last delivery's on first, your first delivery's on last. These are not inexpensive, but you're not talking, for what we're looking at there, you're talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars. Implemented in about a third of the time. This application of loading trucks has been around for a long time. The biggest problem with this is uniformity of the dock area. If we can find uniformity in the different docks and trucks to be unloaded, then we can use the vehicles to load and unload trucks. little bit more flexible automation than using pallet conveyor. Anyone who need good application for this is anyone who doesn't have enough dock doors. You know, traditionally what we do is we get a load, we stage the entire load on the dock, and then truck comes in and then we load the truck with that dock so we're not waiting. Many docks aren't large enough to stage, and many times you don't have enough doors. So even if you could stage the whole load, it takes too long to, to uh, turn a door. If you can pre-stage, these can be staged anywhere. If we can deliver them faster, we can turn doors faster. So in this application, if you, this is actually an order picking application. You're moving large quantities of any skew at a time. You bring the pallets to an unload station. That unload station could be a robot. It, it could be a more of a mechanical delayering device. Um, you know, to me, this illustrates how simple the automation can be. This is all technology that's used, has been used, used today and has been used for 10, 15 years. This is pretty typical. Um, If you're in less floor space, you're, these are good applications. Um, your throughput, the higher your throughput, the higher your costs. 
the fewer, the fewer induction stations, the less expensive the system's going to be. My colleague Ed made this, he calls this living the dream. This does not exist, I doubt it will exist. <laughs> Which is why he called it living the dream. But, uh, boxes magically come out of the magic box. And they fly away to anywhere we want to take them. I'm Dave Ludwig. This is my contact information. If you would like a copy of this, it will be available on the Modex website. Uh, if you can give me your business card, I would be happy to send you a copy or send you a link to download it. Uh, you may not get the videos on the online version. That's why I can, I can send those to you. Does anyone have any questions? Yes, sir. The question is, is how long before there are drone deliveries? I don't think there's going to be. I think that there's inherent um, obstacles. Weather. They're not going inside. I don't even lock my house, but I'm not letting somebody's bot in my house. I'm not even going to let them in my garage. How do they get in my garage? My garage looks different than your garage, right? Um, I, I think that there are obstacles that I believe, in fact, over in the 1600 aisle, there is a robot that looks like a person, walks on two legs. They haven't put them in practical application, but one of those is home delivery. Think about it. It can go in my, first of all, I got a lip on my, uh, uh, you know, from on the garage floor. Rolling in there may not, I mean, I guess they can get over that if something rolled, but what that could be is the UPS guy could never get out of his truck. They can go up steps, they can go inside. I, I think something like that is more probable than the drones. My other opinion is Amazon does things to just keep setting the bar. You know, um, I don't need anything delivered to me today I rarely need something delivered to me tomorrow. They've, they've set the expectation that I should be able to get it today. I think they charge you to get it, or uh, the expectation for tomorrow. I think they charge you to get it today. I don't know. I never needed anything today. And I don't live close enough to, to a place to get it. Um, but I believe that that's one of them. But somebody's, listen, um, I, if you go out here to the right, there's a drone company 
with uh, the application we're seeing in supply chain is inventory capture within distribution center. Um, I had a few minutes before the show, and I didn't even realize. You know what that drone does that we can't do with cycle counting or without doing a big old physical inventory? Imagine you have somebody put something away in the wrong location. Trying to find that? The drone scans it and will recognize that it's not in the location that you told it it was going to be. And then generates a report. Here's stuff that's out of place, and here's where it is. I think that's great. Yes. Um, I have not seen them. The question is, have we seen uh, lift truck, automated lift trucks, riderless lift trucks, putting away and pulling out of a uh, standard rack? I have not seen it. When you go to the lift truck people, they will be showing it. The problem right now is with vision systems, you can't get quite accurate enough for it. Um, you can do it with laser systems and all, but I think that's cost prohibitive. That's not an area that I'm an expert on, um, but it's coming. It is coming. We, well, we, ha we have an AMR. Now, it needs to handle. Here's the problem in the US. We don't have a good pallet standard. Are you from Europe? You guys are so much better than us. You all use the same, and you guys not only all use the same palette, you guys all use the same, you got two palettes, right? But, and I'm being funny here. You guys use the same size tote. <laughs> we won't even use totes. Thank you very much for coming. Again, if you'd like, uh, if you'd like to give me your card, I'd be happy to send this to you.